Welcome to Inside USF, the podcast. I'm Tom Wolf with University Communications and Marketing. Our focus in this episode is USF's exciting plan to create the Interdisciplinary Center of Excellence in Environmental and Oceanographic Sciences, which will be based on the St. Petersburg campus. Joining me are Martin Tadlock, Regional Chancellor of the USF St. Petersburg campus, and Tom Fraser, Dean of the College of Marine Science. Welcome to both of you. Tom, let me start with you. What will the center offer, and why is it needed now? That's a, a great question, and when I think about what the center might offer, really what I would like to do is think about what is it, right? And in my mind, uh, the center is really a, a constellation of, of programs that are, that are centered uh, around the College of Marine Science, but there's really a thematic emphasis in those programs on all things related to, to ocean, uh, the ocean environment, the environment more broad than that. And um, what we're looking for is to create synergies amongst those various programs on the St. Petersburg campus as well as those that are in the community. So we've got really strong linkages, for example, with um, other colleges, the Colleges of the Arts and Sciences, College of the Arts, um, College of Public Health, um, you know, College of Engineering, for example. And, but we have a, a number of partners in the community that are thematically based, right? We have the Fish and Wildlife Research Institute, which is right across the way here. Um, we have the NOAA uh, regional office, the USGS. We've got the um, St. Petersburg Innovation District. And so all of those entities um, provide some degree of expertise in the environmental and oceanographic sciences and provide an opportunity for us to um, exploit uh, synergies, right, uh, to pursue uh, our various interest in research, but, but, but also to provide educational opportunities that you can't get anywhere else for our students. So that's, that's again, in my view, what the, what the center is. And so what does it have to offer? Um, I, I think, it, again, it offers our students uh, the opportunity to, for experiential learning that they can't get in most other places. It uh, allows us an opportunity to recruit uh, some of the best students, not only from the Tampa Bay region, but around the nation um, and internationally as well. It allows us an opportunity to recruit world-class faculty that want to be able to take advantage of all of, all of what is going on on the St. Petersburg campus. So it's, a, again, a tremendous opportunity in that regard. But why is it timely? You know, I think that's a really good question. You know, St. Petersburg is really ground zero for uh, climate change, sea level rise. Um, we are faced with a number of environmental challenges, and it gives us an opportunity to understand how to deal with those challenges so we can continue to have a very sustainable, uh, vibrant economic environment here in St. Petersburg. Martin, the center is interdisciplinary. Can you expand on what that will mean moving forward? Yeah, I, I, it's interdisciplinary, which to me is multidisciplinary, which means there's an array of disciplines that will be working together because problems, as you know, in the world aren't solved by a single discipline. 
Um, problems are multifaceted and require expertise from a variety of people with backgrounds across all kinds of um, science and industries and and community groups and agencies and everything else. So this is very multidisciplinary. So you'll have um, opportunities to bring people together here that really have expertise and background in business, in the arts, in mathematics, in the sciences, and even in journalism and publications because you have to communicate the messages to the public in a way that they can be understood. And you have to gather data and research and information and pull that together and put it out in a visual kind of way that people in, in the world can understand the importance and significance of what this all means. And then policymakers can uh, identify policies and things that need to be put into place to address the problem, to address those issues that Dean Fraser mentioned. Uh, we're ground zero here. And for climate change and the impact of climate change on the coastal community, and so the work that's going to be done um, will come from a variety of people with expertise and background across many, many different disciplines. And I think th that's exciting. This is, this is not only ground zero for the problem of all of the things that Tom talked about, but this will be ground zero for arriving at the solutions to those problems because living in a coastal community, we have to do that. We need to take that lead. Tom, are there comparable places or centers around the world? I mean, I think there's some well-recognized um, locations that have expertise in, in the oceanographic space. You know, you would think about Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution or a Scripps Institution of Oceanography. Um, and there are others that deal very specifically uh, with environmental issues, you know. Um, and there are some that deal specifically with sustainability. I think what we have an opportunity to do here is to create a much more comprehensive center that, that captures all of those elements. And, and why that's so important is, again, as the Chancellor pointed out, um, the, the problems that we're dealing with today are they're multifaceted. They're not going to be solved by any one discipline. We need to be able to work together. Um, some of the solutions that we are going to develop here need to find their way into the private sector. Um, and so there's an opportunity uh, in St. Petersburg to work with our private sector partners on technological development. Um, there are opportunities to work with our business community as it relates to things like risk assessment and insurance. Uh, we have a very tremendous and thriving arts community here in St. Petersburg. And it, again, there's an opportunity to take uh, the information that, that we glean in this center uh, and to make it more visual. Um, and available to a, a broader suite of stakeholders so they can appreciate what we're trying to do here. The center's hub will be the new environmental and oceanographic sciences research and teaching facility. And USF's top priority in the legislative session that opened this week is a request for at least $30 million to begin immediate construction of the facility. I wonder if you might talk about what the construction will entail. I think I'll let Tom talk about the facility here okay. because this is an 80-plus-year-old yeah. place. I mean, <laughs> you're talking about a major need uh, that's been here for a long time. So I'll let Tom talk about the facility. Yeah, I'll just you know, emphasize it is really an exciting time. We have a, an older facility. We certainly have a long history uh, on this campus of uh, strong research programs, particularly in, in uh, the coastal resilience space. 
but what we're looking to or looking to do here is to um, create new space and renovate some of our existing space. Um, we have an 80-year-old building. It's one of the older buildings on the USF uh, footprint, but we have an opportunity to provide modern uh, and very um, up-to-date research and teaching facilities that will enhance uh, the experiences for our students and our researchers. So the plan, uh, as you pointed out, is to uh, go to the legislature and, and uh, request it is the number one priority for the University of South Florida moving forward. It's a tier one project for uh, on the Board of Governors list. And so what we would like to do is to create 40,000 square feet of, of new building space that will accommodate, um, again, modern laboratory space. And there's that new uh, part of the facility will also accommodate the Florida Flood Hub for science application and innovation, which was uh, part of the uh, Resilient Florida package that was approved by the legislature last year. Um, but it will also allow us uh, to renovate uh, significant space in uh, the remaining part of the building uh, to provide uh, modern laboratory facilities, office space, uh, and other learning uh, areas for not only our students but our faculty as well. So uh, I'm pretty excited about it, and I think we have a really, really good shot at getting that building, and it will be a centerpiece for the Center of Excellence. And can I add something to that, too? We have, of course, the footprint of the entire campus in this community will be changed by this. Um, we have undergraduate programming and researchers um, that primarily address programs for undergraduate students that have um, a huge opportunity coming into an EOS center to benefit from a new facility and new opportunities to partner with graduate students and do research, which we have undergraduates to do at times, um, and pursue degree programming here that weds very easily and very, um, I guess, very much aligned and in sync with graduate programming that already exists and will come as a result of this. So new opportunities will come over here. New academic programs will come to St. Petersburg as a campus that will be beneficial to this community. So the center itself and the facility will have that kind of impact on this entire campus along with the entire city uh, and the footprint of this in the downtown, in the heart of this wonderful place we call St. Petersburg. Let me look ahead a little bit beyond this legislative session. The $30 million figure is part of the total projected cost. Can you talk about plans for securing the remaining funds? We are, and, and I'll let Tom add to this, of course, <laughs> yeah, there's an expectation that USF will um, contribute to this uh, effort. And I think it's around a $20 million um, request that we uh, get from local funds. But in my opinion, local funds means the entire Tampa Bay region, the entire state of Florida, because this isn't just a center in St. Pete dedicated to St. Petersburg. The entire coastal uh, community uh, in the United, the entire coastal region of the Tampa Bay area, along with the state of Florida and all those coastal communities and throughout the U.S. and the world will benefit from the research being done here. So the expectation is we come up with $20 million towards an $80 million facility needed to, to house all of this. Um, we're going to have to be reaching out to individuals, uh, going to have to reach out to corporations, we're going to have to reach out to any kind of source we can find external to um, just this place 
in order to secure those funds. And we are developing a plan to do that. Uh, Tom, you want to say anything about that? Well, I mean, I think we're fortunate here um, in St. Petersburg and the broader Tampa Bay region to have a university that's interwoven into a metropolitan community. I think uh, the community uh, as a whole has a, a very strong interest in the types of things that we do here. There certainly have been very generous partners uh, in the past. Um, and I, I fully expect that we'll be able to work with individuals, as, as Martin pointed out, um, our corporate sponsors, not only in St. Petersburg and in the broader Tampa Bay region, but across the state and even across the nation, because the problems that we're looking to find solutions for um, are generally applicable. They're not, they're not unique to um, St. Petersburg or Tampa Bay, um, but they are, there are problems that are faced uh, all along the Gulf of Mexico, along the Atlantic seaboard, and, and around the, the world for that uh, matter. So um, I think people have a very strong interest in, in seeing this center uh, achieve its full potential um, and, and what it might offer uh, is, is, again, it's just a tremendous opportunity for everybody. What kind of time frame do you hope this can all happen on? Yeah, so uh, again, Martin can, can weigh in here as well, but you know, we have a, a legislative request moving forward. We're working uh, uh, toward securing dollars to start construction of, of the new facility, um, hopefully at the end of this legislative session, so new monies should be available on July 1. Um, if they're appropriated. And so then there will be a design phase and we'll have to go through the process of identifying a construction manager and, and all of those types of things. But uh, it's a pretty aggressive time frame. We think that we can have this um, building uh, completed with the new construction as well as the renovations in a, in a hopefully in a three, three and a half year time frame. And we've been very fortunate. Our Pinellas delegation members have been highly supportive. Uh, the Flood Hub, for example, from uh, Speaker Sprouse and his, his um, desire that that happen is already in the works. Uh, we expect that our delegation members are gonna step up, of course, and, and ask for support from their legislative colleagues. And the governor's office, of course, would have to be on board to support this down the road too. So we're fortunate that we have that, uh, that support from our legislators. And uh, we now, of course, are gonna reach out to the communities that surround us in the entire Tampa Bay region to step up and find that other $20 million to do our part. Tom, the College of Marine Science works all over the globe from Antarctica to our backyards, obviously, Tampa Bay and the Gulf of Mexico. What specific strengths does your college have that can help make the center a success? Yeah, I think I talked about it a little bit before, but I mean, we have a really, really long history of dealing uh, with global um, issues, particularly as they relate to climate um, and, and coastal resilience. And so one of the things that we would really like to contribute to in a very positive way um, is the research that's gonna go on in the, uh, the flood hub for science application and, and innovation. I think that what we will be able to do is to provide the science, for example, that will inform sea level rise projections. Uh, we'll be able to take that information, we'll be able to 
downscale it in a way that we can uh, provide it to the state so they can uh, perform vulnerability assessments and risk analysis, and that allows our decision makers and our policy makers to make uh, sound investments in, in our coastal zone moving forward. So again, we have really, really a long history of working in that space, um, and I think we're going to make some very strong contributions uh, moving forward. Beyond that, um, we are very, very engaged in uh, the development of new technologies that help us better understand uh, the environment around us. We have a, a Center for Ocean Mapping and Innovative Technologies, for example, uh, where we're, we're employing uh, the most up-to-date uh, technologies and, and sensors to map the seafloor. Uh, by doing that, we're able to create bathymetry maps, habitat maps uh, that help us refine our storm surge models um, that allow us to better predict um, where coastal flooding might occur, for example, during uh, periods of uh, intense tropical storms or hurricanes. Uh, so all of those things are good. Again, uh, strong history in, in the resilient space, very strong in, in the technological arena. Um, and all of this, of course, has policy implications and um, uh, application for our business communities as well. Martin, I wonder if you might expand on that a little bit. You, you just alluded to the impact on the broader St. Petersburg community. I'm guessing that uh, the hope also is that creating this center, this hub, will be attractive for other businesses and other industries to come to the area. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, we're, we're already taking some steps and have been taking some steps. Uh, Tom and I working together along with other deans in USF working together. For example, I'll give you some examples. Um, we're hiring a faculty member in the College of the Arts with a specialty in data visual visualization, which we'll be sharing uh, time over here with the College of Marine Science in support of the work being done to help support the research messages that are going out. We're hiring uh, a faculty member in journalism with an expertise in science and a background in science that will help create the messaging and translate the research that mm -hmm. people do into what people can understand. Um, we're hiring and we're planning to bring a program here in risk management in the College of Business and of course that's because insurance and the future of insurance is impacted by coastal uh, issues that we have to deal with. Um, the College of Engineering, we're in discussions about coastal engineering or a related environment, environmental engineering kind of program that is applicable to this work that's going to happen as a result of the EOS and the creation of the EOS. So we're going to be impacted, um, purposefully so, across multiple disciplines and hiring faculty in various departments that already exist here and we're already in the works we're already doing that and we're putting that up front because we know this is coming and this is going to be the focus of this region it's going to be a priority for usf it's going to be a priority for the tampa bay region and for the state of florida so we're already taking those steps and we've got more in the works and more conversations to come i'm excited about it it's going to be it's going to be incredible and we've got coastal resilience mm -hmm. experts in the uh, undergraduate degree programs we already offer and in the oceanographic arena for undergraduates too. And we're going to attract undergraduate students very interested in this work. If you talk to students in St. Petersburg who come to this campus, um, environmental concerns are at the top of their agenda. They are very, very focused on that. That's one reason they come here. 
and they want to pursue anything they can do to learn more about it and be helpful in that arena. So this is going to cut across every degree program offered on this campus. Yeah. It's just going to get there. I, I share Martin's enthusiasm. It's really cool. I mean, we've got other other programs uh, that we're making some progress on. Um, you know, Martin probably could have listed, uh, you know, many, many more. I'll add a couple. You know, we're working right now to uh, stand up an environmental chemistry program. Um, and so we have a search underway right now for uh, a new faculty member there, and we'll follow that one up with a second one in, in fairly short order. We already have a strong oceanographic chemistry program, but I expect there to be a number of collaborative opportunities there. That's particularly exciting because we need those folks to start dealing with some of the environmental issues that, that, that are facing the Tampa Bay region, particularly as they relate to nutrient pollution and harmful algal blooms. So all of those things are really, really good. Um, we've got other undergraduate degree programs in, in some of the other colleges as well. We have a sustainability studies program. We've got a conservation biology major. All of those students are going to find um, a tremendous amount of added value uh, by uh, being able to exploit the experience, which is the Environmental and Oceanographic Sciences Center of Excellence. You know, I think part of the question, too, is well, how are we going to work with our um, private sector partners? And, uh, and, and again, there are a number of, of folks within the uh, kind of the geographic region. In fact, I'm looking right across the bay here, and uh, the Innovation District is setting up the Maritime Defense and Technology Hub. And right now, I think there's uh, more than a dozen tenants already in that building. All of them are working in this space. Uh, it's super, super exciting. Allison Barlow is the director of the Innovation District, but very strategically um, identified uh, companies that will will occupy that space. Some of them are doing uh, uh, specifically ocean ocean research. Some are working on uh, technological de developments. But what's really neat about it is that they've all agreed that they're going to tr try to provide internship opportunities uh, for our students on this campus. So the students will be able to take advantage of that kind of public-private partnership that exists here. So that's, again, one of the things that I think makes this um, effort moving forward extremely special. Oh, and Tom, we're reaching into the, you're already reaching into the K-12 as yep. well. You've got the Clam Bayou site and the work being done down there. I just saw one of your faculty members before this, <laughs> yeah. before this meeting, and she's fabulous. And so the work going on there, the ICAR uh, resilience, coastal resiliency work being done here that involves uh, students from the K-12 system as well in the summer. Yep. There's all kinds of things reaching into the K-12 arena. So it's not just higher education, but also we're, we're preparing to bring everybody into this. Yeah, I, I, that's a really good point. You know, I've been working with K through 12 groups for a very, very long time. We've got some programs that have been established here for for decades. Um, they're highly subscribed. You know, super people are super excited to get into them. But what we're trying to do is to create opportunities as well for uh, uh, students in, in that K through 12 space that are in the St. Petersburg area, uh, so they can learn about science, um, engineering, and all of those other types of disciplines that are related in one way or another um, to provide them opportunities moving forward, whether it's here in St. Petersburg. Certainly we want to keep the best and brightest here, but, um, but we also want to provide them an opportunity to pursue their professional paths or academic paths, wherever that might be. So, yeah, we're, it's a, a fairly comprehensive effort. What haven't we touched on? Well, we've touched on it, but the importance of this to the Tampa Bay region um, can't be overstated. 
if there's a priority anywhere in the world right now, I think it's all related to what we're experiencing in terms of climate and the changes that we're being impacted by. Um, I think that's a, a, it is a major problem for the species. <laughs> we have to address this. If there is a priority anywhere on the planet, I think it's that. And I think this is a major step forward in saying, look, that's a problem that we are going to experience as a coastal community and are experiencing already. Uh, we have to take a leadership role in this. We have to have people step up and contribute to this effort. If we continue not to do that, um, the implications are just too dire for us as a, as a species. Yeah. And, and again, I think well, the problems are real, uh, but the opportunity is, is um, really what I'm looking at right now because um, in, in spite of all of the things that we can anticipate with regard to sea level rise and flooding, um, we are um, well positioned geographically to provide some of those solutions um, that will allow us to adapt and respond to those changing environmental conditions in a way that doesn't disadvantage us economically, right? And so if we can do that, um, in, in, a, in a large metropolitan area like the Tampa Bay region um, in a way that we continue to be uh, economically viable or be able to thrive economically, we'll be a role model, uh, not only for other large cities uh, in Florida um, or other municipalities, but regions around the United States and around the globe. And I think that's really, really important moving forward. And can I, <clears throat> this may be a little crass of me, but I've you know, I have six more months in this role, so I can be crass. <laughs> <laughs> the city of St. Petersburg, the city council, the mayor's office has stepped up, and they have committed to doing everything they can to have this center happen. We need the other communities in the Tampa Bay region to do the same thing. They need to step up, and they need to make the commitment as well. They need to make it in writing. They need to put it in front of their legislators. They need to put it in front of the governor. They need to just step up and say, this is the priority for this region and they need to verbalize it and they need to put it in writing and step up. Uh, St. Pete City has already done it and we appreciate that because that's the lead effort and so we need everybody else to do this. Like I said before, I think this is critical to us as a human species. We've got to get everybody to step up and do this and this is important to the entire region and the world. This is not just St. Pete. It's a really exciting plan. It's super exciting. It really is. And, you know, I think, Martin, it's okay to be crass. That's, that's, <laughs> I don't have that problem. You know, I plan to be here for a really, really long time. And But to, to expand on that a little bit, and the city of St. Petersburg has been a tremendous partner, as has been the Chamber of Commerce, the St. Petersburg Downtown Partnership, the Innovation District. Uh, there are just a number of community groups here that have just been incredibly supportive. We do have um, uh, a ton of support as well with our local um, legislative delegation, as Martin said, and I know that they're reaching out to their counterparts around the state because they understand the significance of what we're trying to do here and the value that it adds uh, to our state moving forward. Thank you both for sharing your insights. All right. Thank, thank you. you. It's great being here. Thanks to all of you for listening. We welcome your ideas for future episodes. Please visit myusf, 
or directly at usf.edu slash insideusf to share your suggestions. Special thanks to our production team at WUSF Public Media. Our theme music, a song called Black Bucket Stump, is courtesy of Jack Wilkins, Director of Jazz Studies in our School of Music, and comes from his CD, The Blue and Green Project, on Summit Records. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on MyUSF or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Copyright 2021, the University of South Florida.